fear, guilt, anxiety. Keywords in the vocabulary of 20th century man. How do you banish these dark images from the soul? Thank you. Good. Look at that picture. Thank you. Some do it through art. Look at that picture. Where are we now? Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Does it seem to be persisting? This is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, lady? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald-headed. Hello once again and welcome to the Bullpen Bulletins Podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I am known by many names, some of them Mr. Kook Rant, Senor Woo Woo, or the Crazy Conspiracy Theorist, but I usually go by the name Vince B. And as always, I'm joined by my right-hand man, also Mr. Guilty by Association, (laughs) David Price. Hello, folks. Uh, Not only are we unafraid to appropriate the patented Around Comics intro... We're not above asking some friends to help us out with this thing. In the bullpen with us tonight, we have Mr. Mike Sims, who goes by KY Comic Guy because he's so damn slick. I don't think that's why it is, but okay. (laughs) Hey, guys, what's up? Also from our forum, known as Hulk Smash, the new man of a thousand podcasts, and he'll tell you about that in a little while, Mr. Ryan King. How's it going? Good to have you. Thanks. And the real man of a thousand podcasts. He's the voice of comic book noise, deliberate noise, movie noise, and his latest, can I get you another drink, Mr. Stark? It's Mr. Derek Coward. 
It's a pleasure to be here, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Good to have you. We got a full house tonight. And the crickets are back. <laughs> That's right, baby. So, so we have an audience. Ryan, why don't you tell them about the podcast you're going to be on? Uh, just got finished recording a podcast that Derek's familiar with over on his comic book noise feed, which is Geek Brunch with Heath Holland and Mike Myers, who I know Mike has been on the show before. Um, so I just got done with a little two-hour extravaganza with them talking about all things geek. Very cool. And I guess that'll be out later this week. Keep an ear out for that. It'll be out on Thursday. <laughs> See, that, that that's the difference between Derek's podcast and ours. When he says they're going to be out, they usually come out. <laughs> that's right. He's got a schedule. He's he's a professional. We're artists. We have no schedule. That's right. Okay. You, get, you get it when you get it. That's right. Mike, what's going on with you? Oh, not much, man. Just chilling with the buds? Just chilling with the buds. All right. <laughs> and I guess I have to ask Derek what's going on. Derek. <laughs> picking on the man for because you know what's coming <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> derek what have you been up to my friend earlier today i recorded a podcast with mr david a price we talked about um countdown. yeah you don't know oh you talked about countdown yes i like and, it and then <laughs> talked about the uh the world war hulk tie-ins with um tim terrell from thune wow yes. A lot of time defending a particular Marvel <laughs> hero. Yeah, you're going to probably spend a lot of time defending him here too. So that's nothing new. No, it's not. And we expect that. That's why we had you on because we still get messages from your last appearance. A lot of people really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, seriously. All right. They did. So we've gathered all these minds in uh, the bullpen this episode to talk about World War Hulk. It's here. And that man, little event? Oh, and man, I think the first issue, as far as I'm concerned, just way above my expectations. I expected it to be, you know, interesting and enjoyable, and but man, it was great. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. I actually expected it to be okay, and it turned out to be excellent. Cool. All right. So you're back reading Marvel now. Yeah, in fact, I came back on just for World War Hulk. That's a yeah. good thing it's to come back taste. for. Yeah. yeah. Well, come on, don't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> so in looking at World War Hulk, we have to begin way back with the Avengers Illuminati one-shot, because that lit the fuse on this whole fiasco. Uh, and for those who haven't read it, in a nutshell... The arrogant, manipulative, underhanded, fascist in the can, Tony Stark, secretly injected Professor X with nanites and forced him to overtake the minds of the rest of the Illuminati. Uh, after hours of diddling with their private parts of his comatose companions, Stark made Professor X implant an irresistible subliminal suggestion into the minds of the Illuminati, one that forced them not only to draft the Unconstitutional Registration Act, but also to agree to shoot the Hulk into space because he never succumbed to Stark's romantic advances. Now, <laughs> the hell... <laughs> That's, I love it. That's not it. No, that's not it. Why don't you guys uh, tell... How did it really start? Bendits would be gold if that's what was going on. <laughs> Derek, how did this whole mess start? Uh, um, <laughs> we lost Derek. <laughs> I'm trying to get over that. That The world's greatest what if just that, That's how my yeah. comic read. I mean, it was in there. 
Well, basically, this is how it happened. There are a bunch of um, heroes who were going running wild, killing children, and the only person with enough foresight to take the proverbial bull by the horns was Tony Stark. He tried his best to protect a bunch of heroes, but some of them decided that they wanted to turn into lives of villainy and be on the run. Oh, this is the Republican version. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't really know what to say because everything that he has done as you read in World War Hulk he's done to protect the people of America and yet for his efforts he had to put on a really bad looking uh armor. <laughs> That's all I can really say. I thought that armor was great. Oi. You didn't like it? No, I did not. Oh, good Lord. Well, anyway, in a nutshell, seriously, the the Illuminati, the collected group of the best and brightest of the Marvel Universe and leaders of their own particular group. And they'll say so themselves. Right. To, uh, thought that, hey, we got a problem with the Hulk. He's just wigging out. He's too powerful. Look what he did in Las Vegas. He's a threat. The only way to get rid of him is to shoot him into space. And instead of his ship going to where it was intended to go, he got knocked off course, sucked through a rift in, in space, and deposited on the planet Sakaar, where the Planet Hulk storyline begins. And uh, Ryan, why don't you give us a lowdown on that? Just in a nutshell, he lands, and he's obviously weakened by the trip to Sakaar, and taken prisoner, made a gladiator, Finds a great little bunch of guys to hang around, and uh, they end up uh, gaining their freedom, and then it gets into more than just their freedom, but trying to basically free the planet of the reign of the, uh, I guess it was the Red King at the time. Uh, I just enjoyed that story immensely. Uh, uh, me too. Got the uh, even though I have all the issues, I went and bought the hardcover. Same here. And uh, you know, just to put it on the bookshelf. I was a little disappointed that it had no uh, Vince B. review on the back about it being wonderful. <laughs> but, oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? That would and, be great. And a little thing about the hardcover, though. I noticed that the Gladiator Guidebook... Oh, it, great. It is included, yeah. And it, I, and it was never solicited as having the, the guidebook in it. So that's, that's just the icing on the cake. And yeah, no Mark Silvestri nice. cover. And I noticed that, too. Yeah, they have a real nice Ladron cover, which... You can't go wrong. Makes sense. He did the whole. He did the covers for the series. But the kicker of Planet Hulk was that not only did Hulk do everything that Ryan said and more, he also took a bride. Who? And this is a major spoiler. If you haven't read Planet Hulk, go do it and come back to us. But at the end of Planet Hulk, we learn that she is pregnant with the Hulk's child. So for the first time in a long, long time. Hulk is happy. He's content. He's got everything he wants. People aren't afraid of him. They, they look up to him as an equal or a superior in a lot of cases. He has a, a woman who cares for him and a child on the way. And unfortunately, and this is where it gets a little sticky, Hulk's ship, I guess you can say the propulsion unit of the ship, was triggered to either destroy itself at a certain time or somebody else messed with it to destroy itself so we have i mean i have my guesses as to which one was which so we're not really clear on why the ship blew up we just know that it did and when it did it unfortunately destroyed kyra is that how it's pronounced kyra sierra is it sierra well his wife 
Yeah, and, and his unborn child. Let's just call her the old strong. I can pronounce that. Uh, destroyed the old strong and his child to be. So Hulk's not pleased. Wasn't a make in the brood like in there fooling around or something? Yeah, it's something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you notice in World War Hulk number one, Meek is also up to his own tricks. So you know, you yeah. give the guy a, a beefier body, he thinks he's the shit. <laughs> I, it, things do not look good for Meek if Hulk ever finds out. That's fine. Never yeah. liked him again. Really. I liked yeah. him before he was all buffed up. Uh, there was something real endearing about this little scrawny little bug who gave it his all, no matter what. But He came off to me as the uh, Jar Jar Binks of Planet Hulk. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> see, I, I see him more as the bug, as in the Micronauts bug. You know, the yeah. little, little wisecracking, uh, well, Meek is a perfect name for him but uh yeah he's uh he's transformed into a beefier bulkier leader of his people so to speak and um he thinks he can manipulate hulk and i don't think it's going to turn out well for him but let's not get ahead of things (laughs) so world war hulk opens and we saw these preview pages on a popular comics themed website where hulk beats the crap out of black bolt (laughs) very easily i might add I, I thought that sequence was just great, uh, amazing God, work. I love that part where Hulk's jumping at him and saying, I want to hear you scream. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. And overall, I think Ramita's art is fantastic in this issue. But the first couple pages, I don't know if it's the coloring or what, the first couple pages are not as strong as the entire issue. Anybody well, else I feel that, that way? I didn't, I didn't pick up on anything regarding the color too much. I just noticed that... Uh, this seems to be the cleanest Klaus Jansen has ever inked Ramita Jr. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm used to his others, like like Enemy of the State from Wolverine. I mean, I'm used to Klaus on other people, and it's scratchy, it's gritty. Here, it's just it, a little bit more fluid, maybe a little bit more organic. It was just it was a lot cleaner than what we're used to seeing with these two. Yeah, and Jansen has every opportunity to dirty it up, especially with the Hulk's armor on his, on his arm. Because yeah. the reflections, he can just go nutty with that, but he's not. He's reining it in a little bit yes he's very reserved and i'm I'm wondering if that was uh an editorial dictate or whether he just took it upon himself because it's it is it's really clean for jansen Mm -hmm. i know derek mentioned the colorist a while ago and while we're at it before derek gets into that why don't we do the rundown here of who was involved with this thing it was written by greg pack Naturally penciled by John Romita Jr., Klaus Jansen on inks, Christina Strain on colors, Chris Iliopoulos on letters, and the rest pretty much the same. Editors, we don't care about those. So. <laughs> yeah, they don't have their own DC Nation page. <laughs> we don't care what's on their desk, okay? We just want the comics. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Derek. Um, I was just going to say that I really like, um, uh, what's it, Christina Strain? Mm-hmm. Yes. I really like her her, her work, um, especially on. Uh, well, it's a good thing she's on these books because um, she uses green very very well. Um, oh man, see, I disagree. I thought the first couple pages the Hulk looked like lime. Now that I'm now that I'm actually taking a you know since she mentioned I'm taking another look at it and yeah these these pages look like they were um, rushed to be done so that they could be on a um, popular comics related website. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, but once once they get to Earth, her greens look really good. 
I agree. Once the Hulk touches down, yeah, it, it, it looks really sharp. I love the double page Times Square splash where the Hulk is, is a hologram of him and he's over the people. That's really sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing that struck me about this first issue was the immediacy of the thing. There's very little time spent on rehashing Planet Hulk. I think it's only the, like a page or two, and you're just thrown right into the story headlong. I, I, I think it's perfect technique for the subject matter to just propel you into this knockdown drag out. As far as the Hulk goes, that's right on the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing that I really like is... Even though in the beginning they they do a little um, rundown of Planet Hulk, and you can see why he would be mad at him, you don't really know why he is as mad as he is until that flashback sequence at the end where you find out that, oh, wow, yeah, his wife and unborn child were killed. Because I hadn't read Planet Hulk until I read this book. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to that age, and I was like, okay, I've got to read this whole thing now. Yeah. I read all of Planet Hulk in like a couple of hours after that. It's an amazing story. And the progression, when you read it month to month, was incredible. I mean, there was just a feeling of dread, like you knew something was going to happen. But I, I really never expected them to kill her off. Yeah. That whole scene where they're standing on top of the... Uh thing it's the last issue right before they blow up the planet um hulk and sierra are standing on that uh ledge kind of looking out i guess after the whole honeymoon thing they're looking out and the hulk's all happy and stuff you can kind of get that you know sense of doom i guess yeah. mm-hmm. and it's an emotional punch to the gut because when has hulk ever been happy everything's always been taken away from him yeah and i'm i'm wondering whether pack is going to play his ace in the hole and bring back Betty uh, Ross in this series. Because when you think about it, uh, who out of all Hulk's associates ever got close to him like Betty, his dead wife, you know, but I mean, other than that, who can reach the Hulk, especially in this state? Nobody's, there's no talking to him. I think the ace in the holes could be Banner. He's the X Factor in all this. Well, we It'd be the best time to do it because we have we've seen very little. I think Hulk 100 was the last time we saw Banner, and that he was changed. and that was and that was because she uh, she asked him to during the wedding ceremony. Yeah, or yeah. afterwards. So I mean, Banner's due to come back into the spotlight, but I got a feeling Betty's coming back. I don't know why. Anybody else get that feeling? It's been a while since I've even seen Betty in in a Hulk. I, I can't really say much as far as this goes. Well, for the majority of the past couple of years, we've only seen her as words on a computer screen, really. Where has she showed up? Yeah, let's see. Wasn't she in, a, in like somebody else's dead body when uh, when Bruce Jones was writing a book? Well, Miss, that's the Mr. Blue. Or... Yeah, for a while they had Betty and some other identity, but then, of course, when Peter David got back on the book again, he made that all kind of some just big dream or something that <laughs> kind of wished away all of Bruce Jones' run at the end there not a bad thing no not really <laughs> you know, for the most part <laughs> yeah so if if uh if she didn't assume someone else's body uh which let's hope that's the case then she's still laying in some glass coffin somewhere well the beast always needs the beauty to temper his rage and hulk doesn't have the beauty now so he how far can he go in this 
enraged, you know, battle frenzy. I mean, he's got to something has to reach him, or it's just going to be Hulk destroys the Marvel universe. He has to have uh, an Achilles heel. There's there's no reaching him, and it's not Stark, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about Rick I'm, Jones, are they going to? Oh yeah, Rick Jones. Forgot well, about he him. Up here, yeah, yeah. He makes a little appearance, and he's in. Uh, I know they. He's on the cover of Hulk 108. I don't they, know. I, I showed I, him. I don't, yeah. Is it a flashback story, or just if, is he telling the story? I don't know, but I know he's in that. Yeah, or one of the issues it showed him, I think, at a bar in Nevada mm-hmm. somewhere, and just watching it on the news. And that was that was a Hulk issue. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, 108 is supposed to be having uh, Rick Jones versus uh, Hulk's new friend Meek. Neat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But all in all, the wormhole or the the rift was very good to Hulk. I mean, he's more articulate now than he's ever been. Yeah, I was just paging through the sequence where he's addressing the the humans over the whatever public address systems he they tapped into, and he, I mean, he sounds like anyone else of moderate to uh, advanced I mean, he still intelligence. Still throws in those Hulkisms like puny humans, and I've come oh, yeah. to smash. But from smash. that point on, he's he's like you know these are my buddies. This is who I'm after. Yeah. And, and he uses, you know, evacuate, you know, get out of the city. Right. Well, Hulk decimate doesn't sound too good. Hulk smash, on the other hand. <laughs> well, yeah. But in uh, talk about rendering thousands of people really well, John Romita Jr. not only draws superheroes well, but your average Joe, he seems to have a mm-hmm. great handle on that, too. He's the modern Jack Kirby. That's what I was waiting for. There you go. <laughs> no, but actually, isn't the modern Jack Kirby um, Rob Liefeld, right? Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> Knife to the eye. No, that, oh, damn. that, that was a, the nut right. shot. That's what that was. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I misquoted. Rob Liefeld is not the modern Jack Kirby. I apologize. He is the Jack Kirby of his generation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that would be Eric Larson. <sighs> But how about that full-page thing of Black Bolt's face all gooey? That was a, a kick in the pants, too. They should make that a poster. I don't. When have we seen Black Bolt humbled like this? It's been a long time. Has he ever been humbled like this? I'm thinking FF in the 40 to 50 run, maybe. I. But yeah, you're right. It, it's been a long time, if ever. I, I guess I'll say that. Aside from this story, I love how they pull Journey into Mystery into this with the Cronin and Thor's first battle with members of his race. That's that's neat that the, the, oh, yeah, yeah. they're tying that in, too. I mean, who would have thought, you know, the Rock guys from the first appearance of Thor? A yeah, throwaway story, yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, throw them in. What the heck? But it's really cool. And I love Heroim. I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to... Uh to, to Korg, I'm, I'm worried if, um, if if Thor does make an appearance, how that's going to affect the Warbound. And I mean, is Korg just going to like, is he going to forget about whatever Hulk might have to do with and go and attack Thor if, if, if he presents himself? It's, I mean, and that's just one, one thing. It, the possibilities for what could happen with these characters, with the Warbound and the Marvel Universe is like, it's almost crazy that there's so few limited series and tie-ins with this. I mean, it, it could affect a lot more than just this little corner. I mean, right now we're only in Manhattan, but damn. Yeah. I think the chances of Thor recognizing the Cronin are 
greater than the Cronin recognizing him. Because who's to say that he was even with those people way back on you know in in on the first appearance of Thor? But Thor is going to remember it. Yeah, yeah. So either way, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, Korg talked of Thor during the Planet Hulk, did he not? Yeah, yeah I don't know like if that was like that something counts. that he meant or if it was just one of those, well, my people once. And right, dot, so at least dot, knows dot. of him. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't remember yeah, that part. I'm old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Constantly, like kind of did foreshadowing oh. or like he's going to have to show up at some point. Well, we can hope. I, uh, John Romita Jr. Thor? Ooh. <laughs> that his run on Thor is some of the best comics of the last 20 years. How were those to read? How were the stories? Amazing. They're really Really, good. really? Yes. Excellent. Yep. Good for Dan. It's just unfortunate that it spiraled all into that Heroes Reborn stuff, but yeah. they were great. They were really good. So let's talk about Tony Stark. Now that we've got Derek here and we've got to get it done. The right. thing that bothered me the most about this issue, I'll set it up, you knock them down, was that for the whole Civil War miniseries, tie-ins, agenda, whatever you want to call it. Tony Stark has been pushing this registration act. And he pushed it to the point where they made it a law, which is really fitting that when this person, when the laws don't work for this person, he goes around them. And, and I'm speaking specifically about the part where he says, you know what, tell all the superheroes, if they help us out with this, full pardon. We're going to just, it's like an annulment. It never happened. You didn't go against us. You were just, you know, it was somebody else. We, we were going to look the other way. You come on in, help us out, and we'll forget about the whole thing. Is that what, a, what? Excuse me. Um, which, which book are you reading now? Because World I War did, Hulk number one. I didn't see that part. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll read the balloon because I got it on more my. More than that, all unregistered superheroes who help will get a full pardon if they turn themselves in when all this is over. So, and that's when Strange says a nice sentiment. Sadly, it assumes we'll all be alive when this is over. Right. So you obey okay. my you da, 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 well, one second. You <laughs> you obey my laws when I say you have to, but when I tell you you don't have to, that's okay too. You don't have to obey them then, because I'm the ultimate authority, not the law. Excuse me, that's not the way laws work. Maybe you guys got a variant edition, <laughs> but in that particular sequence that you're talking about. Right before that, what's his name? Strange. He is volunteering, basically, to turn his people over to to Iron Man. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Well, I, that's how I read. He said, "No." He says, "In the meantime, my comrades will help you evacuate the city if you can uh-huh. resist arresting them for a few hours." Uh-huh. And then the first thing Tony Stark did was, "Okay, I see an opportunity." I am going to try to make things right. I'm going to give these people an olive branch. He makes an offer. I'm going to try to make things right because I was wrong initially. Well, you know, the war, the war in Iraq is an opportunity too. So <laughs> there's not a war in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there's blind. In the in the in the Marvel universe? No, I'm just. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm just saying. He he. There's legislation past that they have to follow and he just takes it upon himself to erase it what kind of a leader is that it's the director of shield right but th- that's he can, he can make that kind of offer it's just a leader trying to cover his own ass exactly you know, this is this is a person who is trying to make an olive branch towards these super villains who are just running wild well where was the olive branch a couple of weeks ago i think that it i think the olive branch went through captain america's head <laughs> No, no, his chest. It was no, his gut. The, the way I, I read this sequence, he should have said, 
tell them I'm desperate. I'll do anything to get them back on my side. Bring them on over and we'll forget about everything. I have no. a movie coming out. I need people to read my comic. Yeah. No. Read this again. You, can <laughs> can I be Doc? Wait, can I be Doctor Strange and you could be Iron Man? Yes. What's okay, yeah, let me hear your inflection. Let me hear your inflection. Doctor Strange. Wow. Yes. Um, you uh, be Faye or? Oh, okay. <laughs> I should be Faye. We have <laughs> we have twenty four hours. Each of us must prepare in his own way. In the meantime, Tony, honey, my comrades <laughs> will help you evacuate the city if you can resist arresting them for a few hours. I'll do more than that. All unregistered superheroes who help will get a full pardon if they turn themselves over when this is all over. Turn themselves in when this is so all over. So it's a temporary reprieve. If so they, they have to register, and then they'll get pardoned. He is giving them an opportunity to follow the rules, the rules that have been set down. And like I said, once again, did you notice that Dr. Strange never said that he was going to help? Dr. Strange said, here, my comrades will help you. So if you can resist arresting them for a few hours. I yeah. wouldn't trust this bastard as far as I can throw him. And he's could, not made out of anything. If anybody's offering an olive branch, it's, it's Dr. Strange. It's oh, not please. Dr. Strange didn't even show up in his own body. He was conflicted. <laughs> he's in space. <laughs> he's conflicted. He's not conflicted. He's a punk. But I mean, oh. but when you look at it in black and white, this is Tony Stark. I'm holding up a card here. This is Tony Stark's law. And it's face up most of the time. Now when he needs people, I'm going to turn it face down. It, there's no such law. Okay. But when you help me out, you come over to my team. You know what? After we're done, I'll turn it over. And we'll just forget about everything that happened. And you guys will be okay. As long as you sign my papers. What's the yep. incentive for them to help? How about not going to prison? How about let's just do what we are designed to do. And that's help people. Yeah, regardless, can, regardless of the consequences, they can help people within the rules that are set down for them in, in Civil War. His whole thing was he was trying to get people to register. That's all he's trying to do right now. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to get people to register. He was forcing people to register. Daryl and. Can somebody please get Scott Young off my damn new X-Men book, please? His art is just fucking up my stuff. All right? I like that book. I want him off. Get somebody else. Wait. Hey, this is Daryl. I'm sick of all these doggone buttons that you keep having me to push all the time, and I have to do this over again. Anyway, New X-Men by Chris Yost and drawn by Scotty Young. He's new to the book. He's a new artist on the book, and he's messing my book up. I don't like his art. It's just it's terrible. I want him off my title now. Make it happen. Talk to Marvel. Put him on something else that I don't like. I don't even read. Later. <laughs> Let's talk about something while we're on the subject, and I know you probably have an opinion about this. In the last issue of She-Hulk I read, number 18, did you read that, Derek? I didn't even know she had a book. Oh, oh damn. Okay, that's, that's just hateful. But anyway, <laughs> what Tony Stark does, Jennifer Walters is working for the man. She's working for Tony Stark. She didn't have a choice in it. She didn't want to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but 
she did because she still believed in 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 Tony Stark's plan. Now, what he does in She-Hulk 18, one of the most despicable things I've ever seen him do, he against her will injects her with nanites and turns her back to Jennifer Walters permanently. That's a leader, that's the guy you want to trust. And it, it couldn't have been permanent because she was in this book. No, Master, Mastermind Excello concocted this thing with Grape Nehigh and he bonded. Yeah, well, anyway. I keep hearing about this Mastermind Excello. Who is this guy? Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. Oh, come on now. Not, not the, the guy who draws Liberty Meadows. Well, but Frank anyway. He's, yeah. and, and this is one thing I'm sick of hearing. He's the seventh smartest person on the planet. I'm tired of hearing that. I, it's almost as bad as I'm Wolverine, the best there is of what I do. I mean, we know you're smart. Stop cramming it down our throats. But anyway. Yeah, he's a sociopath with a dog. Of course he's going to sit up there and make it up that, of course, yeah, the dynamics were permanent until we saved you. How could you say that he's a sociopath when you, before this little conversation, you didn't even know who he was? Because I didn't know. I didn't know who Mastermind Excello was. Oh, I know okay. Who, you know Amadeus Cho. I know who Frank Cho is because that's the guy. <laughs> Um, oh yeah yeah um in the in the in the first issue of um was it uh 107 incredible 107 where he almost kills a bunch of um shield agents yeah i mean kid's a little sociopath i wouldn't believe anything he says how does he i'm not a fan of cho i love cho how did he almost kill shield agents let me pull out my 107 Uh, yeah that's why that's why the shield commander says I hate this kid because Amadeus Cho triggered the missile. He oh, wa- yes. he wanted them to fire at him. Right, and and caused Hercules. Right, he fired the missiles at Hercules. Hercules went and attacked the carrier. Right, right, because because Hercules is not the most stable of individuals. All right? right, yeah, Tony Stark is. <laughs> See, I just I I just I have. <laughs> but Tony Stark. If you think about it, what he was trying to do was come up with a plan B for the Hulk. Because if he can take care of She-Hulk, he should be able to take care of the Hulk. Of course, because of Mastermind Excello. Exactly. Wrong. Right, exactly. Idiot, kid, sociopath. I'm but, sorry. But he was, he was having She-Hulk round up the Hulk's gamma-based enemies for that specific purpose. But he never told her that. He told her, you know, she was just the stand-in Hulk while he wasn't around. Yeah. And somebody has to deal with these super-powered villains. you got to do it. You're the only one who can do it. So she right. did it. But She did her duty. Once they reverse-engineered the Nick Fury head, she found out the truth. She confronted him, and that's when he stuck her with the nanites. Mm-hmm. That's almost like raping a woman. He's injecting her with these nanites against her will. He, you know what I mean? So her body is hers. It, he had no right doing that. Well, actually, it's a uh, first off, she didn't need to know anything because if, if it's a need to know basis and she didn't need to know, she didn't need to know. Number two, um, I'm pretty sure that in almost every job description I ever read, there's always, you know, additional duties as requested. He just didn't get around to asking her until it was too late. <laughs> so those, those additional duties would include bending over and taking my needle full of nanites up the butt. Hey, yeah, butt, arm, wherever it goes in, best. Oh, that's just wrong. That that's that's va- that's violating a person person's right to be who they are. Well, I don't know. I don't know about be who they are, but 
you know, you can't do her powers because of a blood transfusion. It saved her life. Right. If you were on the subway and somebody came up to you with a dirty syringe and stuck you with it, that's a crime. Not only are they, you know, attacking you, they're it's malicious to the point where it's almost premeditated murder. If there's something in that in that syringe that could harm them, that's exactly what he did to She-Hulk. Only he thought that the thing in the syringe was benevolent. Uh, It's one less thing I have to worry about. No more She-Hulk. But I love the way she retaliates and and, uh, says that, you know, you may have gotten rid of my gamma-powered alter ego, but now you have to deal with one of the best lawyers in the world. Mm -hmm. That's even worse. I would rather go a couple rounds with She-Hulk than deal with a lawyer any day. So, I don't know. Hey, I think I have to read this book. She-Hulk number 18. 18. Yeah, because I don't know. I can't really... No offense, Vince, but I can't trust your interpretation of certain. <laughs> oh man, you wound me. <laughs> you, you, you said it's, it, it's Tim Terrell. He was telling me something about Hawkeye as Captain America, and it's like you know what? To me, that's like the the return of Captain Marvel. I didn't read it, so it didn't happen. Clint didn't want it either, so you should read it. It was a very good issue. It's Which the is third part, it? right? It's, it's the yeah. third Fallen Sun. It's, it's Fallen Sun, Captain America. Yeah, he he didn't want any part of it either. He was just feeling Tony Stark out. Once he got the lay of the land, he took the costume off. And then he picked up a costume of someone else, but we won't get into that because we're talking about World War Hulk. Dun, dun, dun. But anyway, let's let's continue. All right, if you read World War Hulk and you, and you read it with open eyes instead of a, um, a slanted, fair and balanced view, shall we say... Then you will see that that what Tony Stark is doing is he's trying to save lives, okay? Everybody keeps talking about how, you know, the heroes who are now villains have, have are just trying to save lives. And that's all they're trying to do. But we're supposed to really believe that, even though uh, Steve Rogers and the rest of those criminals, they never showed that. It just seemed to me like it was just one whole thing of, okay, I'm going to want up. Tony Stark, and that's the only thing that they had in mind. Okay, now Tony Stark is trying to save lives. Okay, the speech that David called, uh, what would you call, spin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. To me, that was like one of the most heartfelt things that I read coming out of um, Tony Stark's mouth in a long, long time. I I thought that was a great speech, and I I really dug it. Really, really dug it because everybody else was running or they were standing around trying to see what was going to happen next. Tony Stark is the only one in this book who takes on the Hulk head first. Okay, he goes diving head in. He knows there's danger. He knows that this guy wants to kill him. And yet he goes in head first. And you tell me that he's spinning because he's coming clean. He's cleaning up his mess. Yes, cleaning up his mess. He's making his and did you? He's putting his affairs in order. Did you forget about Black Bolt? They looked head on to me. No, Black Bolt had his back turned to the hall. (laughs) You you are unbelievable, man. You (laughs) (laughs) Black Bolt walked up to him and he was like, "Look, you have to leave. We don't, you know, leave now." Okay. Then he said enough like that's gonna stop everything then he turned his back on him okay he didn't see the ass whooping that was coming his way all right i, I thought he was looking over his shoulder when hulk came back at him yeah but you didn't see the the the, the puddle and the pile that were down below off screen all right <laughs> tony stark he finds out something's happening he gets into his armor he takes off for outer space he's the only one who went head first 
I stand by that. Wow. So do you think Tony Stark is a scroll? What? Do you think Tony Stark is a scroll? I thought all the scrolls were dead. What do the scrolls have to do with everything? Oh, you don't read New Avengers. I'm only reading the World War Holmes. Oh, see, there's so many things you have to be taken into consideration here. The, the Skrull homeworld was destroyed in Annihilation, but I won't spoil it for you in case you read it. There, have been, there has been a revelation in recent issues of New Avengers that there are Skrulls running around. Yeah, and don't look at the cover of the new wizard either. It ruined it for me. Yeah, I can't stand <laughs> fucking wizard. Oh my god. <laughs> so Derek, uh, there 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 are scrolls in high places. Okay. Well, do you think this is normal behavior for Tony Stark to stab his friends in the back and manipulate people and coerce them and you know inject them with nanites? That's not the Tony Stark I remember. Could he be a scroll? So, well, you know, now that you, you bring that up, I would not discount that because when I first started reading Civil War, I kept saying that both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers were acting out of character to me. Okay. And there is a whole thing of, of uh, Steve Rogers years ago who was taken captured, you know, who was captured by that one scroll. So who knows? You never know. But uh, judging from the corpse on slab i don't think steve rogers was a scroll no mm. steve rogers is dead when their uh life force exits the body they return to their um scrolliness yes their <laughs> withered chin scrolliness so i don't know but read new avengers you got to read that even if you just browse them in the comic store you have to get up on that because it could be a, playing a big part in this thing that's lanil use artwork though right <laughs> yes i don't like yes, where this is going yes. Yes, it is. Why? <laughs> I'd r- much rather see Kurt Schnellenberger doing art, doing the inks for Humberto Ramos, than read <laughs> a Lanil U art. How did he become a young gun again? Through talent he, and hard work. <laughs> yeah, really? That, that de-aged him. Okay, did he actually have a gun when he said here? <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I see. I think you're the anti-matter, Vince, because we differ on so many things. I mean, it's almost like black and white. It's or maybe it's, you're the anti-matter, Derek. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. But I mean, because I love Lenel. You, I'm on Cap side. You run. It's amazing how much. I'm glad we're friends, but it's amazing how much we differ on these things. We're, and we're reading the same book. That's really cool that you can see it one way and I can see it the other. Oh, that was weird. What happened? Um, <laughs> my stupid sound card decided to uh, switch settings again and put everybody on mute. Ah, but, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Just, just, want to, just want to give you a compliment too. So no, I could I could hear you. Oh, <laughs> you, you couldn't hear me as I was saying as I was asking, how do you feel about Mike Diodato's artwork? Not right. a, not a big fan. <laughs> okay, okay. You, you like the man, I, huh? I love his artwork. See, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> and that's not just me being contrary either. I really, I really think he's one of the best artists out there. I rank there with like Stuart Immelman, however you pronounce that guy's name. Yeah. And um, and it doesn't matter because that's just stuff I like. However, Tony Stark as a scroll. The more I think about it, the more I'm. I think it's possible. However, highly improbable. I think it's possible, and if it actually turns out to be true 
it's going to cast a big old dark shadow over this whole event for me. It's an easy way out. It yeah. is. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's improbable. I don't, I, I don't have much faith in people who would bring back Marvel, but I would really hope that, that they don't do something that incredibly stupid. That would be a big stumbling block. It's almost like the shower sequence in, uh, what was that? Dallas. Uh, Dallas, yeah. It's just craziness. I hope they don't do it. You're not alone. Yeah. All right. He's back now. Let me get him. So, Mike, what do you think? Tony Stark turns out to be a Skrull. I don't know yet, man. I haven't read New Avengers 31 yet, so I'm still kind of, I'm not, all I know is from what I've seen on the cover of Wizard, so I'm not sure what all is going on with that yet, but. I think it would be a cheap way out, you know, of everything, and just would kind of ruin all of Civil War for me. Yeah, I'm glad the Skrulls have returned to prominence, though, because I always thought they were weren't really exploited to the fullest. But because it's a neat little mechanism, who do you trust? Yeah, yeah. But uh, to make one of the uh, most visible, I guess you can call me heroes, hero in in Civil War. You know, you, you can't do that. It, it's too easy. Give, give, yeah. me, give, give me a believable outcome to this thing. Marvel likes to do that every now and then. They like to set up these, what you would think would be impossible situations to get out of. And then they have something like the scrolls pop up. Like when Johnny Storm married Alicia Masters way back when. <laughs> I thought that that was great. I thought, okay, when Ben comes back, this is going to add a whole new dynamic to the Fantastic Four. Eh, what happens? You didn't like Elijah? No. Li- liking her and how she was introduced are two different things, I think. Yeah, you're I right. Could've, I could have gotten used to her, but that whole thing about, I mean, Byrne was going somewhere. I mean, it, it was a great twist on, you know, I mean, Ben and Alicia have been together for God knows how long. And he's out playing cowboy, and she turns to Johnny while, you know, needing some companionship, and Johnny's Johnny, so he's going to be a prick and stab his best friend in the back. So <laughs> something ends up happening with that, and you think, okay, things are moving along, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's like, you know, we're not. They didn't really, you know, would Johnny really do that? Come on, would we really, really make Alicia and Johnny a couple? And I, yeah, no, at that point, you really don't give a crap about Elijah. Well, don't forget. Also, not a fan of she thing either, but you know. Oh, I'm with you on that one. But uh, Johnny was around Alicia for a long time. Yeah. You know, you get to know a woman and, and they're part of your life for a nice chunk of years. Yeah, you never know. Maybe something. No, they but it's, it's, it's but, different when you can say, when your buddy tells you, yeah, you know what? We broke up. You know, we're done, whatever. And then, you know, six months go by and your buddy tells you, you know, hey, Think I could give her a call, and then at least you know, man up to that. No, Johnny's going to be like, you know what? Ben's God knows where, so I'm going to hit that. Yeah, I hope he tried to disguise it. You know, the first time, maybe she would have thought it was Ben. Oh Lord, yeah. Let me go. <laughs> let me go get some head cheese and some uh... ribbed condom or something. <laughs> the, the extra rocky condoms, but I, I, we're getting off track here a little bit. But it's fun. Uh, back to World War Hulk. Going back to Black Bolt, and I don't know if this is just something with the issue I got. Um, this part where Hulk's going back in the ship with Black Bolt's body, and then the scene right below that, or the panel right below that. There's a little, shot. little dot. Yeah. yeah it's, did he throw? No. No, no he still, he still has Bolt. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if it's an ink stain, because you're not the only one who had it. It's, that, that panel's been 
posted and uh, online, and it's he he ha- he still has him by the scruff of the neck, and he's going back down the hatch and, and into the ship with him. And I'm guessing we'll find out. I didn't read this this past week's crossover, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's not going to pretty much pop up in the X Men crossover, and I don't see him appearing in Frontline. So we'll probably won't see Black Bolt again until the second issue. Now, but what, he's not. He wasn't tossed. What page is that on? It's uh, after he gets back inside the uh, the ship right and says, "You have twenty four hours." Yeah, it's the it's the it's the second the, panel on the on the on the page. Okay, right, right before Tony Stark uh, goes to rush to save the day. See, I love it. I, I'm not. I have to uh, wait till the page loads on my beautiful Apple Cinema display because I didn't get my issue yet. So I'm looking at it on screen here. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So a few people were wondering whether or not he tossed them out of there. I've been driving nuts for a week. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little speck, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought somebody might have found the body, though, or somebody would have been like, hey, he just threw him out the ship. Well, I'd like to think that he actually did throw him out. That'd be kind of cool. It would actually make sense. Yeah, it would. I'm going to got rid of it. Yeah, I'm just going to pretend that he did throw him out. That's that's neat. Crunch. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we didn't, the majority of us didn't like the Iron Man armor? Yeah. I like the rocket-powered fist thing he was using to drive the spike into him, but... I mean, it serves a purpose. I definitely see the need for it. I mean, my biggest thing is it's not really aesthetically pleasing, but I can see why it would be needed to go up against the Hulk. I mean, it's like a floating outhouse, and he sticks his little head out the peephole telling Spidey, you know, he'll be here when the time's right, and it's like... That's a great panel, though. But the whole, the whole scene, anything, first of all, Romita Jr. draws a kick-ass Spidey in black. Yes, he does. Those are some great images, and, and his Luke Cage ain't bad either, but I don't know, I just, no, this, the armor is a little clunky for my taste, but again, considering what's being used for, that's really not something you can bitch about too much. Right. Well, it just makes me recall She-Hulk 18 again, where She-Hulk's wailing away at Tony Stark and she said too bad you don't have your Hulkbuster armor on or something to that effect and he said to her every one of my suits is a Hulkbuster armor so this must be some souped up you know this must be some crazy ass weaponry in this thing well he actually puts it together in um, Invincible Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 19 which was an excellent issue by the way oh he has his own book <laughs> uh, no, that was that was a good issue. It it, um, it did kind of explain things from Tony's side, and and you got a nice nice look in into what he was thinking while this was going on. And he had some he had some dialogue with um, with Dum Dum, and it, it it was it was it was, and it wasn't a uh, it wasn't penned by uh, the Knops. It was a uh, Christos Gage ah. written issue. I think the with armor art by Jackson Geis. I think the armor is very symbolic because it just goes to show you that Stark has insulated himself very well from reality. <laughs> He's hidden away in this huge mass of metal and whatever else, and that's pretty much what he's done in the real world. He, he doesn't like to face reality. <laughs> yeah, we all have takes on things. That's right. But I'll tell you, I, I will throw a bone to Mr. Stark. He's more interesting to me now than he has been in a long, long time. And actually, Derek has a theory on that as well. 
And well, let's hear that. Do I? Well, basically because he's written as like this for the first time in, in God knows how many years. I, we just we haven't seen this Tony Stark because nobody's been able to write him as well as uh, as he's being written right now. That's what I thought I read on your uh, on the forum. Yeah, that does sound like you know a, a bit of brilliance that I would come up with. But yeah, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, because think about for years, everybody has wanted to take Tony Stark and make him into some kind of um, like high tech James Bond, even more. You know, because I think that's what how the Mike Grell run was. They have always tried to play up the fact that he is an industrialist first and then a superhero. This one, they're showing that the reason that he has been so successful as an industrialist and as a superhero is because he he has far reaching thoughts. He can see what everybody else is missing. Right. And for the first time, he's also not he's not saddled with fighting a bunch of uh, D-list villains. Okay, the biggest villain he had was was uh, the Mandarin. Mandarin is gone. Who's next in his um, whole rogues gallery? Obadiah Stane isn't he dead or something? Who is it? Uh, Whiplash. Modoc. Lady Mask. Lady yeah. Mask. Yeah, I mean it's just like okay, if you put him up against a bunch of chumps, he's gonna fall to their level. You put him up against some of the, 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 the most powerful supervillains in the Marvel Universe, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, <laughs> um, <laughs> Invisible Woman, then, yeah, he's going to rise to the occasion. You're right. He is, not, he is now more interesting than he ever has been, and that's just because the writers have finally said, hey, you know what? We've got this, this excellent hero, this great human being, Let's tear him down like we do all our other heroes and try to make him into nothing, basically. And But it has backfired on him because, like you said, Tony Stark is now more interesting than he ever has been. And um, he's, also, he's also doing it without a, a bottle of alcohol. Yes, I was going to say, the biggest villain or obstacle Stark ever had to face was the bottle. And you can, yep. o- you can only play that out for so long. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a very real affliction, and, you know, no one wants to see anybody go down that path. But as far as comic books, superhero comic books go, it's only, it's only going to work for so long. Yeah, and, unfortunately, uh, that's the label that he keeps getting stuck with, you know, as a, as a drunk. It's like, no, he's an alcoholic. An alcoholic is not the same as a drunk. People need to get that through their head first off. All right? Well, look at what the Scarlet Witch did to him in Disassembled. Yeah. And even his friends, who've been around him for years, immediately said, you know, I think he's been drinking. Because they don't trust him. So why should he trust them? Well, I don't blame them for not trusting him. He's very manipulative. Now. Then. He's got commitment issues. He was attacked by his own teammate. She put alcohol in his blood. The people who are supposed to have his back didn't have his back. And now everybody's whining. How could they protect him against that? Oh, I see what you mean. Stand by him. Stand by him. Tony, have you been drinking? No, I haven't. Okay, buddy, we got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, they sold him down the river. Just like, Uh yeah, they should have. Because they let Magneto's daughter on the team. Kind of. Yeah, really. (laughs) Kind of like what um, what Doctor Strange tried to do to the rest of his his people. Throw him underneath the bus. Say, hey, you guys can take care of this. You guys walk into a place where there's nothing but shield agents and army men. Yeah, I'll meet you over here. Well, he can always do his astral form. That can't get shot. 
Yeah, but he can't find the some place to send the Hulk. Yeah. He did that once before. It didn't work. Made for if a lot first, of great stories, though. If at first you don't succeed, try, try. <laughs> There's two tries in there. He only tried it once. <laughs> yes, because I want the Hulk to come back even more pissed. And now, I have a question, right, on a totally different subject, but what else can Marvel do to the Hulk? He's getting too strong now. He's he's starting to get into a Wolverine territory where I just don't care because nothing's going to be able to hurt him anyway. No. The matter he gets, the stronger he gets. He's never been more pissed off than he is now. So you don't know. Maybe something physically happened to him when he went through the rift as well as mental because the clues are there. He's speaking like an average human being. He never did before or he hadn't in the, in the recent past he didn't right. so maybe he was altered in some way when he went through not only mentally giving him more intelligence but physically too is he kind of switching i mean between personalities i mean it seem like i don't know some of the issues i've read it seems like that i guess mindless hulk kind of comes out every now and then or do y'all think it's more i just feel like a couple times he's kind of switching back a little bit like maybe his intelligence is keyed to maybe banners somehow where i don't know it's it's a very interesting concept that uh, does banner even know what's going on right now i would think so i mean after the whole with the i guess the wedding ceremony with sierra or sierra banner kind of came out for a little bit Mm -hmm. you know how much he let i guess the hulk take back over i mean how much control is banner wanting to stay the hulk now or is you know the hulk just kind of let him out but he's got full control or and where the hell does Banner go? I mean, I know the Hulk, it's still Banner's body, only supercharged, but where, where does the mind of Banner go? Is it hidden somewhere in, in, in the Hulk's mind? Is it, is it somewhere else entirely, like maybe a, a dimensional thing, where, like the Captain Marvel, Rick Jones type thing, where they would... No, I, I think it's a split personality kind of thing, and, and the Hulk's mind basically beats Banner's mind down or keeps it in check. Right. But I, I'm just wondering, is, is that consciousness still within the skull or does it... Yes. Is it somewhere, I think so. somewhere else? Hmm. I don't, th- I don't think we have to get too mystical with the Hulk. It's Jekyll and Hyde. So I don't... I think it, it's obviously... St- well, to me, it's obviously still Banner. Um, they share in a mind and it's... Banner's mind is still there. It's just diminished, whether it's being held in check or just being beaten down, pushed aside. But I don't, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's anywhere else than other than within that body. Do you think with, I mean, one Banner being more, I guess, a little bit, not one to destroy the whole city, but maybe just take out Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Black Bolt and them instead of. Yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, kind of like. Um, Banner is Jiminy Cricket, some the, some way. The, yeah, the like the conscience, or yeah. because they went they went to Bruce, right? They went to Bruce and sent him up to the to the satellite and said Bruce needs to take care of it. Like they didn't go to the Hulk, right? They went to Banner. So before he changed to the Hulk, Banner Bruce still thought that these were his friends. They lied to him. So it's I think it is I. You know, it, it's interesting if it is Banner that's driving the Hulk to do this, but it, it's Banner that knows who did him wrong. That would be a really neat wrinkle in this. 
where not only not as where Banner's consciousness isn't submerged wherever it goes, but as if it's on an equal tier, maybe a merge type thing. That'd yeah. be that'd be really cool if they did that. Yeah. I was just thinking that because that would explain why he's not Spe- Hulk Smash, right? Why he's speaking in complete sentences. Because he was he was on on Sakaar as well, so maybe it was maybe it was Banner's way of of uh, appeasing the Hulk. Being, okay, you know what you wanted to be alone, or at least you wanted to be happy. If this is what makes you happy, then fine, you're the Hulk. But I'm still in charge. I'm still the one doing the speaking. I'm doing the talking. I'm the one who's in charge here but you can you can have the body you can do whatever you want to do you you can be strong you can be whatever it is that you want to be for the hulk but well, i'm telling you what we're doing right he's smart because if the terrain and the planet and the conditions there demanded that he be the hulk he wouldn't have survived if he wasn't can right. you can you see banner on that planet no nah. not for long no no it'd be a one month uh story <laughs> it'd be uh, 12 <laughs> pages later yeah. So maybe we're on to something here. Yeah, I, I personally have a I have all the faith in the world that Greg Pack knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not steered me wrong so far. No, he's a fantastic storyteller. And the thing that kills me is he's only been doing it for, what, two years, three years at the most? Wow. The guy's great. I really do want to get that Planet Hulk hard. You know, people are probably sick of me saying it, but the guidebook is amazing. The The... The level of detail that went into the various flora, fauna, just the whole planet and the whole solar system around the planet, it's crazy the, the way they created this whole believable universe. It's worth every penny. He wrote yes. the Warlock miniseries. He wrote uh, the Phoenix End Song mini. Right. Well, I'll forgive him for that. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, here you go, Derek. He wrote the Iron Man House of M. Really? Yep. I've got to go read reread that now. Anyway, yeah, I, and, and he wrote. Oh, I'm sorry, Amazing Fantasy 15, and then uh, and now we're up to Hulk. See, I'm one of the ones who actually liked the Iron Man House of M armor. I think it was really cool. Nobody liked it. I I, I don't remember. I don't remember. It. Yeah. With the big boosters on the back, it was very anime esque. You posted it on the forum, didn't you? Yeah. Anyway, guys, I I have to go. I oh. Go. We will have to do it again some other time. All um, right, we'll leave it open, of man. Yeah, just remember one thing. Um, just cut them off. Cut them off. No, <laughs> got to respect. Start for president in two thousand and eight. Uh, <laughs> take you know what? He might be better than what we got now. Have a good <laughs> night, Derek. <laughs> we'll see you, Derek. See you, man. All right, and then there were three. Hey guys, this is Adrian James, the new guy on the forum, relatively new, I guess, and uh, new to the show. Uh, just calling in to say how you doing. Hope everything's good with you guys. I really love the podcast. I love the forums. Uh, since the first day that I that I joined, you know, you guys have made me feel really welcome and everything. And uh, it's a, it's a cool place to hang out and talk to people. You guys are all a lot of fun, and so is everybody on the forums. Uh, I was also the first guy on the uh, the co-op. And I got Runaways Volume 1 in the mail, and I read it and mailed it on to the next guy. And I hadn't read uh, Runaways Volume 1 yet, and it was awesome. It was uh, a really great read. Um, I went out and bought it the day after I mailed it on to the next guy. So, you know, uh, a really, really great idea with that co-op. And, uh, you know, then I got my, my little sister who's into stuff like manga and things like that. Uh, and she read Runaways now, and, and she loves it. And uh, next she's going to be reading, uh, I think, Spider-Man Blue and, and onward and onward. So uh, spreading the love, thanks to uh, bullpen bulletins, right? 
So anyways, saying hey and uh, saying bye. I hope you guys have fun on your next podcast and uh, can't wait to hear the next episode of the show. Have a good one. Ryan King, Hulk Smash, he's having microphone issues. So once he gets those iron, ironed out, we'll get him back on here. But we are just going to forge ahead with this. Keep going. Yes. Resolution. What did we think of, of the way this issue wrapped up? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I thought uh, the was it the last page was... Let's see. Okay, so yeah, they beat the crap out of each other. They beat the crap they out of uh, Avengers Tower. Hit him with the missiles and gets kind of flashback. Yeah, Back see, that was that was something. I mean, that was great. It was it was great storytelling. You 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 you're in the middle of this battle. They still decide that okay, you know what? This would be a good time to let everybody know why Hulk is doing this. I mean, we didn't we didn't get such a big recap early on in the issue. We got it in the middle of the uh, hell in the middle of a battle. It wasn't. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like you know now no now we finally find out what's going on. It was just it was a nice little. Nice little aside while he's trying to fight off everything that Tony's doing to him. And that's a great page. Oh, yeah. The, the flashback sequence with uh, Kyra. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's, the colors are perfect, how, mm-hmm. how um, delicate they are. And the panel where Hulk and her look towards the beep, there's a lot more Jansen in that than there is Romita. Yeah, because yeah, it's very open. But all in all, I think that's my favorite page from the book. Nice. I love that character. I I wish to God that they didn't get rid of her. Because I, I think the story possibilities of a child of the Hulk are more um, interesting than whatever may come out of this. Either a depowered Hulk or a banner-in-charge Hulk or something like that. Uh, Hulk Jr., you know, I'm being facetious, but that would have been really cool. And that's what Marvel lacks in terms of the Marvel-DC argument is the legacy thing. Not too much of that at Marvel. There's some, but the whole DCU is based on the legacy. Yep. So I, I really like the way the Avengers Tower got split by the sentries <laughs> uh, symbol. You think that is uh, symbolic of something? Or it oh, was, yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, yeah, I, with the sentry, they're pulling a lot of different storylines into this. What, what exactly did he want to say when he wanted words with Tony when uh, Reed and Tony went to visit him? Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because... If, for those who haven't read the Paul Jenkins, John Romita Jr. Sentry series, the Sentry feels very guilty towards the Hulk because in the negative zone, the Void beat the crap out of the Hulk so bad that I think it was mentioned that he broke every bone in the Hulk's body. And yeah. the Hulk was on the floor whimpering as his bones were, were healing like, like a baby. And so the sentry was watching over him. He feels the responsibility towards the Hulk for, for actually doing that to him. And uh, the Hulk was scared of the, the void for what he did. So maybe that. maybe that'll play a, a role in this, too. They may somehow, either by tricking the Hulk to thinking the void is there or actually bringing that out in the sentry again. So we'll see. When I was reading it, the, I kind of got like a... You know, the old footage from 9-11, the towers yeah. coming down the way it just went straight down the center. Mm-hmm. Kind of got that feel from it. 
It's it's very powerful image. Probably because, yeah, I guess a lot of people would see that. When you have uh, a disaster as catastrophic as that, it kind of sinks into the consciousness. It's a very powerful, very strong image. Yikes. But uh, the way it split it right down the middle, I don't know. I think that's going to play out. Well, did you um, see who's staring at the building as it's uh, in the panel right before those two? You have people from both both Avengers teams. Yeah. There's, there's a lot they can play with. Oh, yeah. And Samson isn't uh, a card-carrying Stark uh, member either. I think he's going to come around. Because uh, if you read 107, or was it 106, where he made the mistake of attacking She-Hulk and Cho got caught in it? Yes, uh, 106, yeah. I think. Yeah, he sees the, res- the uh, result of his actions. So he may be playing it safe and going with his gut. Won't be a bad idea. Very true. Such a slow progression, too, of the the way the building's destroyed. I mean, they take four panels to do it. <laughs> oh, and it's not the only building that was destroyed. I mean, when they hit each other. Yep. God damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, five panels to do it. One of them is uh, pretty much of a third of a page or a little bit more. So, yeah. That last page with Hulk coming out from the rubble, it's like, damn. That's gorgeous. <laughs> it is. And that that's a little bit of a strong-handed... Jansen. <laughs> yeah, how about me? <laughs> just shut off, just like that. That's a, a strong-handed Jansen, because if yeah. you look at the armor, he's back to his old style then. Yeah. But it worked here, because I mean, oh, yeah. you got all this rubble and smoke, and it's just there's Tony's hand, and just he's Just a ma- maniacal Hulk. Looks like the mindless Hulk coming out. <laughs> he's still, you it's know... Just- cares enough about his fashion sense to leave the headband on though that, that's yeah. very nice of him uh, he wants to show luke that he can still pull it off <laughs> <laughs> but on the downside the only thing i did not like about this issue was the amazing amount of preview pages in the back end i just thought they put way too many preview pages i'll, I'll give them the the trade paperback gallery people need to know where where else they can read right. about the hulk and I'll give them the upcoming issues because they need to know where they can go after this. But three pages of Frontline, I think that's way too much. Anybody who is in this for the duration is going to have to read this again. We got, let me see, one, three pages of Hulk 107, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got three pages of Frontline. So that's six pages, a nice percentage of the book more than six pages if you count the cover pages that's a nice chunk of the book devoted to what the majority of the readers already know about and stuff they're going to have to read again nice idea but i think they were a little heavy-handed on on this one hmm and uh, ramon box is that how it's pronounced ramon box for yeah. frontline drawn a lot like val merrick and a lot better than the first go around with frontline i liked it okay I don't think, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I agree, it is better. And I don't think he was a great Spider-Man artist since they put him on uh, Sensational with Angel Medina only doing one issue of that black in, back in black. But, yeah, I can definitely see the, uh, the Mayoric uh, comparison. Really sharp. And colors ain't too bad. Of all the page, of all the books to preview, you're going to do the two main ones that time. You're going you're gonna to preview Hulk 107, which I'm sure... You're already going to be buying Hulk, mm-hmm. and uh, 
and Frontline, which kind of goes, which I guess like Civil War could go hand in hand with the main mini, but why not Heroes for Hire? Why not Ant-Man? Right. Give, push the why book. Not, why not a page of each of the minis like X-Men and Gamma Corps? Exactly. Why not Ant-Man? I think Ant-Man would be the perfect choice to put in this because maybe the book wouldn't be canceled if they saw a jump on the, yeah. on the Hulk issue. Oh. Or at least introduce a bunch of readers to the book who may think Eric O'Grady's kind of cool for a dickhead and want to read more. I mean, they're just not, <laughs> not doing enough for Ant-Man. As you know, or as maybe you haven't heard, Ant-Man is canceled. As of issue 12. And that sucks. How yeah. Look up. I mean, it, 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 it does, but I, it sucks. To me, it sucks for Phil and Andy. I don't yeah. care about Eric O'Grady. Um, but uh, I just, you know, I just want to make sure that Phil and Andy are, are going to be doing something real soon. Yeah, I think they will. The thing that was kind of funny in a, in a sardonic kind of way was that the the week they announced it, that Wednesday, the Ant-Man Digest shipped. Right. Like, yep. th- thanks. You know, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot for that. But I don't know. I just got to be sad to see that book go. It's It's a true joy to read. But... As, I'm still as, looking for that digest, and I cannot find it anywhere. What, what, what kills me is that they're going to cancel Blade, they're going to cancel Ant-Man. But let's keep Moon Knight going. Ooh, sour grapes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm still saving money on it. I stopped buying the damn thing. But, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like Marvel's just like, okay, you know what? We'll save you money on these two books, and you can spend it on something else, which I'm going to if I have it in my budget. But... I do enjoy those two books. I, I enjoy looking at Ant Man. Well, I enjoy the <laughs> art, and I enjoy I enjoy Kirkman's writing to a degree. I just I'm just not a fan of the of, of the person in the suit, and and I'm really digging Blade. So you know, I end up lately the past few years I've been ending up with more complete runs of series that have just ended than ever in my whole time of of buying comic books. Well, I'll tell you, while we're on the subject, I will be saving money on the Spider titles. Because there's no way in hell I'm going to spend three ninety nine for Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man and, and Spectacular and Amazing when they do this one more day thing. I'll just wait for the trade. I have a feeling I will too. I might do Amazing, but we'll see. We'll see what my budget's like. I don't know. I mean, at least this for June, they didn't have a um, an Amazing Spider Man issue. They had the last issue I think of Sensational and the last issue of Friendly Neighborhood, and um, it wasn't much in the Spider Man section of the book you had the one more day sketchbook spider girl and that might have been it for everything there but yeah i, I don't know what i'm going to be doing with spidey i'm i i have to be a lot more frugal right now so some things are definitely going to be trade weighted on unfortunately which is not something that i've been a fan of doing these years so we'll, so we'll see you didn't get the july previews not yet oh okay the i haven't been to the store and i haven't and dcbs hasn't updated their site yet are the the Amazing Spider-Man five forty four is three ninety nine, and the how many pages is it? Forty eight pages. Okay. And it says plus director's cut style extras. Now you know damn well that the director's cut style extras is going to be at least ten pages, because you figure thirty two page story at the most, ten pages for extras and then the rest ads, but. The Friendly Neighborhood is the same price. 
and again director's cut style extras i'm not going to trust you know that i i i'm you could get anything you can get something floating in Straczynski's toilet bowl that was part of the process making this issue so you know we're gonna take a picture of it i do love the covers though they're old school i love yeah, them yeah yeah so this covers are nice for this and I, I, I like the Doctor Strange one a little bit better than, than the, the initial Amazing 544. The Doctor Strange one is just so old school, it's silly. <laughs> I love it a lot. But yeah, I mean, I'll be back on board for Amazing three times a month if they keep it at two ninety nine. What What the heck? I, I've bought Amazing for 35 years. I'm not going to stop now. But for this one issue, however long it takes them to do one more day, because you know they're going to collect it. If it's going to be that important, I'm going to wait for the trade on that one. Same with you? I think so. Mike? Yeah. I'll probably pick up Amazing. I hadn't been picking up a Sensational or Friendly Neighborhood. I think I picked up the uh, Mysterio issues when they brought him back, but I haven't been reading either one of them. They were, they were decent. They were very good. It's just that uh, the Back in Black kind of derailed the whole series a little bit for me. Dave, yeah. I mean, some people really enjoy it and great for them but uh we're not going to see the end of peter david because he is a new writer of she hulk all right writing what you know that's right yep i couldn't be happier uh i'm going to continue with she hulk i was a little feared when they said slot was leaving because i didn't think anybody could could capture that kind of tone as as well as slot did but if there's anybody that can do it it's david and he specifically said that he's not going to keep it in the same direction as Slot because he didn't want to tinker with perfection. He's going to take it in another direction, which is great. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Chad. Just calling in with my views on Fantastic Four 545 um, and kind of 5442 um, since it's kind of a continuing storyline. Um once I get past the covers, um, the inside is just blowing me away. Um, normally, I absolutely hate when they substitute characters in the Fantastic Four. Um, to me, Fantastic Four will always be Reed, Sue, Ben, and Johnny. And I've never liked any kind of substitute thing going on, whether it's Thundra, Power Man, uh, Medusa, Crystal... Uh, She-Hulk. I, I just never, never liked it. Even though I enjoyed Burns' run on on that on FF immensely, um, I just anytime the substitute would come along, I would just go. Oh. But after reading these last two issues with Black Panther and Storm, my opinion's kind of changing on that a little bit. Um, I really like uh, the way Dwayne McDuffie's writing it, and it seems to just be. Just a throwback to old-school cosmic um, FF goodness. <laughs> I mean, um, I've always uh, judged an FF artist um, on how well he can draw the thing, and Pelletier is just knocking it out of the park with the way he draws Ben Graham, and, um, and the rest of the art is awesome, too, so the way he draws the other characters. So it's all falling into place for me there. Um, just the way Ben interacts with with Black Panther, calling him to Charlie, uh, stuff like that. It's just to me, it just takes me back to the way the FF's glory days used to be, and uh, I'm really, really happy 
uh, with the way it's going. So, and I'm glad to see also that um, McDuffie's carrying on the Beyond storyline into the FF because it, it just seems like a natural transition to to continue that story uh, in a book like FF. So, really, really liking what's going on, and I, I hope he's on the book for a while. And I hope um, Paul Pelletier uh, is on for a while, too, because so, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, I think it can only get better from here. So that's my two cents, and uh, that's it. So I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. But overall, World War Hulk number one, holy mackerel, I'm so jazzed about this. Yeah, great start. It's only going to get better. I hope so. Yeah, I, I don't think... Uh... I'm I'm trying to figure out like if I could see any anything like we were talking about um Black Summer in the last episode and how you know did he blow his whole wad in this zero issue with doing what he did the actions he took I mean how's the rest of the you know can the rest of the series top it can the next seven issues go beyond what he did is it going to just follow the story and here you might want to say you might want to ask the same question you know we see the Hulk he already took out Black Bolt beating the crap out of Iron Man, you know, it, are, are the next four issues going to be as intense? They're going to just, you know, is it, are we going to hit a lull? Are we going to, is it going to end on a whimper? And I honestly, I don't think so. I no. don't see anything derailing this. It's going to be like balls to the wall and just, yeah, people are going to get hurt. Yeah. Well, uh, as we've seen in Planet Hulk, Greg Pak is not the kind of writer who would just translate you know the the wwe to comics it's not just x against y there's always something going on a subtext that makes the the battle gives it importance or makes it richer somehow i think that's how uh, world war hulk is going to be there's going to be more than just hulk smash right yeah and um uh, yeah i i just can't wait it, it, it's it's uh a success story unlike we've seen in a lot of years at Marvel where a little hyped event can eclipse the big gun civil war i i'm enjoying this so far a lot more than civil war and i really like civil war it's just that there's something about world war hulk where the underdog is coming back to wreak vengeance on those that wronged him that's that's a pretty universal you know, everybody can relate to that. And it's just the death of that kid is just the the main thing for me. That's just was, I, I almost, wow. That was a major, major issue <laughs> because I put myself in the Hulk's place. I don't know if I could have the strength to carry on after something like that. And he seems to be uh, working it. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, something other than World War Hulk for a little while. While we got the time, let's mix it up a little bit. Anybody read anything uh, very interesting this week? I haven't got my DCBS sword yet. <laughs> uh, the only thing I've picked up is all the World War Hulk stuff. <laughs> so do you think that they're going to collect each individual miniseries or arc in separate trades, or do you think they're going to go the Annihilation route and do three volumes of the whole thing? They'd probably be able to do the Annihilation when they like, there's... What? How many? Issues? Like three issues of X Men and uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an odd yeah. size, isn't it? Three issues. Yeah. Did y'all read that issue? Not, Not yet. yet. I was. I thought it was pretty good. I thought the cover was great. Yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, and 
Andrea DeVito interior, so that's oh, yeah. all good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get enough work. No. David, what did you read? Anything cool? Oh, man. Um, the thing that I just finished was uh, the Savage Dragon Archives Volume 2. Yeah, I was reading that myself. That was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. What's the one word that pops into mind after reading a whole essential of Savage Dragon? You hear it so many times through the issues. Jesus. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the characters say that constantly. And you know, oddly enough, I was reading the letters pages to Invincible number 43, and okay. a, a guy writes in and takes Robert Kirkman to task for having his characters exclaim Jesus within the pages of Invincible. He said, Eric Larson does it too many times. I don't want you to do it. If you keep doing it, I'm un- unfortunately, I'm going to have to drop your book. And Kirkman says something to the effect of, Jesus, man, lighten up. <laughs> uh, oh, man. You know, he, he basically said, these are, that's how people talk in the real world. Whenever they're confronted with something, they, you know, something unbelievable or, or earth-shaking, they say, Jesus, you know? I know he, I do. Yeah, and Eric Larson does it a lot. I've noticed that. And I wasn't really paying attention to it until after I read the letter. But he does. I mean, Dragon says Jesus in, like, every other issue. It's funny. I don't have to go back and flip through it then. Yeah, he does it a lot. And how about that scene with Alex bumping on... There were a couple of them. Oh, man. (laughs) It was was a fun issue. I had to to rack my brain a little bit and remember what I I read in the first volume. uh, Because I forgot that Captain Stewart was killed and I didn't know who the hell this Mendoza guy was. So there were a couple of things. And then I... um, I thought that Smasher was just basically an afterthought when she was brought in as as the housewife. And I'm like, who the hell is this blonde that's on the SOS? With ah. So, I mean, it, and, it was, and it's within the same damn book. It's not like, you know, I had to remember, like, what happened in the last volume. This was in volume two. It just, I, unfortunately, I think the book, for someone that didn't see every issue in color when it first came out, I do think the Savage Dragon archives lose a bit without color. I reluctantly have to agree with you on that. I, mean, I, I do love the dragon's green and, work. you know, I mean, at times it might be difficult to, to tell which woman is which. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that suffers the, the most is when he'll have a shot of the vicious circle headquarters and there's all characters all over the place. It's yes. really hard to make some things out when there's no color. And sometimes with uh, with an explosion or with a lot of um, gravel or debris. Yeah, yeah. Someone's getting thrown into something. So, I mean, you're able to tell a little. I mean, his his line work at times can be a little bit too cluttered for, for black and white. At least with the, if I'm reading Showcase Presents Green Lantern, you know, Gil Kane drew where, you know, there's enough going on in the panel. It's not It's not overkill, and there's enough there, and it's clean enough. I mean, granted, you know, if Hal says, oh, well, that lamp is yellow, I can't pick it up with my ring. You know, that's helpful in a black and white book. I'm sure if I read it in 1962, it might be a little goofy that, well, I can tell it's yellow. Why are you telling me it's yellow? But right. there are some things that, uh, and, and actually towards the, the last couple issues in the Savage Dragon book, there were some, uh, there some editing issues. There, were, there mm-hmm. were a couple of typos that needed oh, to be fixed. Right, but, there's typos throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that myself. But it was fun. I mean, hell, for for how what is it like, 
oh, after discount, like 12 bucks or something, 10 yeah, bucks. I think but it's, yeah, 11 or something. Oh, you can't beat it. No. Yeah. No, it was fun. Love it. Like, I, you know, I've said it many times. I think the man's line work is second to none. I love Eric Larson. I just, just everyday scenes, his his destruction, the unique characters he draws. Even uh, Powerhouse is interesting to me. And he's basically a chicken. Yeah. He's a chicken. But, but it's a chicken who wears a mask because why the fuck would you need a mask if you're like a six foot tall chicken? I know. It's... <laughs> And his women are great. It's just I think Larson is a master, but I I won't get into it again. But I um, also flipped through. Um, I think you were telling me you read this too. Uh, the Sensational Spider-Man Annual. Yes, I did read it. <laughs> uh, is that all you have to say about it? <laughs> no, I thought the story was amazing. Uh, no better time to reaffirm the bond between Peter and Mary Jane than right now. I, I thought it was the perfect time to do this story. And Fraction did it beautifully. Yep. But, uh, see, as far as the art goes, I, I cannot... Mama said, if you can't say nothing nice. I cannot... Dis- well, I, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll, describe, I'll try and describe the way the art made me feel. Uh, have, you guys, have you ever seen Salvador Dali and Louis Buñuel's surrealist movie, Unchien Andalou? It's it's English for an Andalusian dog. It's this. Is, is that the one where where the woman has has her eyelid popped open, and he's keeping he's keeping her eyeball or he's keeping her he's keeping her eye open, and he has the razor blade. Yes, I feel like that uh, woman after looking at uh, Salvador La Roca's art. I know what it feels like to have a razor blade dragged across my iris. Dude. How about that? I could be the Dennis uh, Miller of the comic podcast. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so yeah, I did not like the art. It was just all over the place. When he tried to ape Ross Andrew, he just fell flat on his face. Uh the like you you were telling me the the obvious character references for um Matt Damon. Yeah, I was I was enjoying it until bam, we're hit with Matt Damon right there. <laughs> yeah, and you know the one panel where he's trying to do Ross Andrew and Peter's touching his temple and he's he's talking about magnetic fields and he has the Hulk's hand. His hand is huge. <laughs> yeah, it's just the art is it's not horrible because no art is horrible. There's something to be said about any creative endeavor, but this I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. The perspective was off in one panel we were talking about when he's uh, when this new shield agent looks over in the um, in the diner booth and he sees something next to MJ's coat and pocketbook and it's a spider tracer and it's all tiny <laughs> on the seat. But then in the next panel we have a close up of the agent's ear and the back of his head, so we're looking at it from his perspective. And 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 it's almost like he's on his knees facing the seat cushion because now the cushion's all huge and the spider trace is almost as big as his head. Maybe that's the spidey belt buckle. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, on, on that same page, look at the panel where he's cuffing MJ. Sweetheart, oh. throw a bra on, will you? It looks like it's just like Room Hilda. Honest to God, <laughs> she she looks like uh, Kirsten Dunst in the second Spider-Man movie when she's in the the coffee shop with Peter and she's flopping all around. <laughs> It's the same thing. Well, you know, you're on the run. You got to hit the coffee shop. You don't have time to put a bra on. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess LaRocca didn't have a time to draw the boobs right either. But <laughs> uh, from the cover straight on in, nothing special to look at. Sorry, but the story was amazing. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, buy it, buy it to read it. it it's, man, Fraction just 
I want to see Fraction on a Spidey book. That would not be a bad thing. No, no, this 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 is neat. But before I tell you what I read recently, and I won't spoil it for anybody because it just came out last week, and uh, it's big doings, and I I won't rob anybody of the pleasure of. Yeah, I can't wait to get it. Yeah, but we have a letter from Mr. Paul Rooney from Edinburgh, Scotland. Ooh. Yeah, he says, hey, guys, I just listened to episode 29. So glad all the crazy-ass noises have been dropped. I'm quite happy to listen to you guys talk comics for an hour and a half without all that crazy shit going on in the background. Great episode. Not only did you mention one of the greatest scenes in cinema history, the Sicilian scene from True Romance, but also one of the shows I loved as a kid but nobody else seems to remember, Tales of the Golden Monkey. (laughs) And he has one question. Do you really like John Romita Jr.'s art? I personally really don't like it, and I don't understand why everyone raves about it. It really detracted from my enjoyment of World War Hulk number one. I just wondered what your opinion was. I think we kind of covered that a well, little bit in this particular episode. Right. Well, that's exactly why I read it. Uh, different strokes, I guess. I could understand how someone who appreciates a little bit more finesse and elegance in comic book art would not like Ramita Jr.'s style because he's very... Kirby-esque, let's face it. He he has his own way of doing things, and they're straight from his mind onto the paper, and that's just what he does. The man's perfect, in my opinion. I, I can't comment on Ramita's art other than gush. So yeah, I'm not the best person to ask about this. Yeah, no, actually, we should uh, should bring it up to the forum. We should definitely ask the guys on, on, on the forum. And what is the website? BullpenBulletinsPodcast.com. Thank join, you. Join our phone. We have a recent influx of a lot of new forumites basically they came to voice their opinion on two things episode 28's external sound effects noises all that stuff and they came to either compliment or condemn my views on the current administration so as we heard in episode 29 we got a lot of feedback on that yep let's look at the common thread here i'm the problem they never say anything about david they love david <laughs> what's well, not to love <laughs> you know, honestly yeah i'm the problem so as it should be i i love to be the problem and i i do it well but so yeah bullpen bulletins podcast.com come and join us on our forum we would love to have you you can come and talk to ky comic guy because he's so damn slick that's and right i used it twice <laughs> i love it so much and our, our recent converts talked to David and I, and everybody you've ever heard on the show is on our forum. Actually, I think a lot of people on the forum are Ramita Jr. fans. Yeah, I think they are. I don't too. think there are too many people that dislike. I don't know. I mean, we're big fans of Ramos. Obviously, Derek isn't. Derek's a big fan of Diodato. We're not. Derek's nuts, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. I mean, well, I'm not a huge Greg Land fan or a. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just. They're, but there are a lot of people that you know thought his Ultimate Fantastic Four one was great, or that uh, that he's doing decent work on Ultimate Power, and that's there's so much stuff out there for everybody to enjoy. You right. know, just because I may not be thrilled with, and for some reason we have people that aren't even thrilled with Ron Garney's art on Spider-Man. Right. What we're trying to say is we are not the ultimate authority on comic books. What we like is not necessarily what everybody else likes, and it doesn't end with us. You have an opinion? Come on over and help us understand why you feel the way you do. Uh, I am stunned when I see people praise Greg Land, but there are more of them out there than I would like there to be. 
I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people who like his art, and I could be wrong. Maybe the guy's doing something uh, I'm not seeing. I don't know. But uh, if you think we're full of shit, come tell us about us. And if you think we're doing a decent job, then praise David, because I don't seem to get that. <laughs> I love you, Vince. Yeah. You do a great job. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the book I read this week that completely knocked me on my ass, and no, it's not a Marvel book. It's a DC book. Sinestro Corps Special Number 1. Oh, nice. my God. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on record as not the biggest Jeff Johns fan, but I have to say he did an amazing job on this issue. There are twists and turns in this thing that I didn't see coming only because I haven't read Green Lantern for the past nine or ten issues and I was lax on my Green Lantern core. But, but after I read this, I said, my God, I have to see where this came from. I went back and bought Green Lantern 14 to present. I bought Green Lantern core. Uh, I think it was maybe nine to present. And they have been planting clues for this for a long time. Yeah. It's amazing how nestled into the different arcs the little pieces of this puzzle have been. <laughs> and and, and it all comes to fruition in this issue. It was, uh, like a lot of people, I turned to the very last page and my jaw dropped. Oh. Yeah. And I'm not going to... Star gonna, Sapphire. No, I'm not going to... Star Sapphire was in the last... What, I know. Three, yeah, with uh, Danielle Acuna, or Acuna, who did a really good job. He draws a kicking cowgirl. What about, uh, how was Vince Skyver's art in the special? To die for. I've never seen him better. Wow. And it's not an easy job to fill a page up with thousands of diverse alien races, but holy crap, did he pull it off. No, well, no, he, you know, he had some, tra- I'm sorry, he had, uh, he had practice years back doing uh, New X-Men. Mm-hmm. During the Morrison run, after you know, filling in for quietly, I mean, there are a bunch of people in that and a bunch of mutants. His new X Men stuff doesn't even come close to uh, what that's he, what I was. To that's what, what I did. wanted to hear. Yes, it's <laughs> it's not even in the same ballpark. Cool. He did. Uh, Sinestro is a real living, breathing person to me. The 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 just the subtleties he he does with the eyebrows and the pursed lips and just the posture that Sinestro has. He nailed it. Can I? I know absolutely jack shit about Green Lantern. Can someone, you know, after reading your form or the post on the forum, I was, you know, really want to check it out. Would it be something, you know, not really knowing too much about Green Lantern? Is it something you can kind of pick up, read, and yeah, yeah, everything, cool. everything is explained for you in the issue. If you haven't read DC Comics for the past year and a half, there may be something in there that may throw you. But it's all been explained. Like I can't really go into it without ruining it for David. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all there for you. But you, a lot of the payoff won't be as grand without seeing the clues planted as they were in the little issues before it. But uh, I don't think it'll matter. You just you'll just geek out on the art. It is a spectacle unlike any I've seen in a long, long time. I know Pat Loika didn't like it, and I, I'm kicking myself trying to understand why, because I, I like to think that I know Pat's tastes, and I would think that this would be something perfectly attuned to what he likes, and he, he said he'd, what did he say to you? He wanted to rip it up after seeing... That's the last page, yeah. And if it wasn't for the Ethan Van Skyver art, he would have ripped it up, which I don't understand. It's a well-told tale that 
has one of those, again, those gut punches at the end where you're just like, I have to see where this is going. So, so what you're saying is it's a good time to be a Green Lantern fan. It is. A, <laughs> you know, and I will say this. Yay. Again, I read the last, say, 12 Green Lanterns and the last 10 Green Lantern Corps. I think Green Lantern Corps is a better book. But too. There, there's something really intriguing about what Johns has done in Green Lantern. Ha- again, Hal is not the squeaky clean hero. Mm-hmm. He has, Love it. He, I do too. But he's not Eric O'Grady either. He's, well, yeah. He's made some mistakes. He's killed a couple thousand people. You know, he's, he, he wants to atone for his sins. The Lost Green Lanterns, did you read that story? No. Oh, oh good God. He, he, he goes against the, the Guardian's wishes and does something that they expressly forbade him to do. And he does it, but there's a reason why they forbid him to do it. And you're going to find out why. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's big. It's really, really big. I can't. I, I, yeah, I, I can't praise it enough. It's. A, it's and we, a, he, I mean, and we're and, and you're, you're you're scooping the praise onto uh, onto onto Johns, but Dave Gibbons has been doing a great job on, yeah, and, on Green Lantern Corps. That's another thing. Those little Green Lantern Corps tales of the Stenestro Corps that appear in the end of of Green Lantern. Yes, every character <laughs> that they've described in those stories appears in. Sinestro core number one wow and so when this thing comes on panel you already know who this character is if you've read green lantern they've fleshed him out in the four or five pages that they gave him and painted a picture of him as to why he's so evil and they've done it for four characters so far and every one of those characters makes an appearance in Sinestro core one it's amazing it really is i and it's a dc book so you know I'm not bullshitting you when I'm telling you it's a good comic. I don't care who published it. It's good. I can't wait to get it. I think it's going to be the first thing I read when I get my box. In fact, what I did was the two Lantern titles, Core and Green Lantern, I added them to my DCBS order, and I removed two Marvel titles that I wasn't digging because I figure I'd rather pay money for something I'm really digging right now than... Something that I'm enjoying, but it's really not floating my boat. Makes sense. Yeah. That's what you got to do. So Green Lantern and the core are now on my regular pull list. And I haven't missed an issue. I have them all from number one, both series. I think I'm missing two issues from Green Lantern, maybe 12 and 13. But uh, I know I have, I think, the last couple at the LCS that I still have to pick up. I have... Actually, I don't know the last issue that I have, but I have, you know, I mean, I'm a Hal Jordan fan going way back, so I'm just happy he's in the comic book again. Oh, it's great. I think I got the first six issues. My LCS just had a big sale here a while back. I got them for like a quarter a piece. Really? Nice. Yeah. I got those six issues, so yeah, I'll have to be pulling them out. But yeah, that... After reading your posts, I mean, I think I'm going to have to pick that book up. Yeah, and I can't get into that without David knowing who I'm talking about. So I hope you didn't read that, David. Uh, no, I haven't. No, you said it said spoilers. I didn't go yeah, into the post. Because I didn't spoil it, but you knowing me will know exactly who I'm talking about when you read my post. So don't read it. Okay. I will say one thing. I'm a little bit, I guess I was a little let down that they dropped the paper stock on for the covers of green lantern with issue like say 14 
that nice ultimate style paper yeah. stock for the cover, yeah, they don't use that anymore. And I think that's a book that deserves that cover stock because it's 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 really really good. Yes, it is. Where did Ivan Reese come from? The that's man, a question. the man is amazing. I I liked his work on Green Lantern more than I did Pacheco's. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Reese is 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 really solid. David, I will say one thing though to get the fullest enjoyment out of Sinestro Core number one. If you have time, read your lanterns and core up to date, and then read. Well, I'm up to date on cores, so I'm gonna. Um, where did the uh, Tales of the Green Lantern core start popping up in Green Lantern? I think it was the last three, the Star okay. the Star Sapphire issues. Okay. Yeah, and you're right. Dave Gibbons did a great job on them. Dave Gibbons doesn't produce half-assed work. No, this is true. Yeah. I, I'm getting a real Carlton vibe from these stories. Remember the old Carlton issues, the ghosts and the you know, the, the horror books that they had where Ditko would draw that blue woman with the book and she would tell the story and introduce it. That's the kind of vibe I'm getting from these Sinestro core stories. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. I love no. those issues. But anyway, like I said, at the risk of turning into raging bullets, we're gonna take it in another direction and uh, anybody else have anything they want to talk about? One book I did read last week, I completely forgot about it. I read the first trade of uh, Brubaker's Captain America. Whoa. I don't know if that's you know old topic, but man, it's an old topic, uh, but it's a goodie. It's a good oh, one. Oh God, I love it. I because I didn't pick up Captain America till issue twenty five, and went back and read that, and that was just God. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sick. Yeah, it is. It's, he did a. He did something that I never thought possible. He made me interested in Captain America again. Yeah, because yeah. I've read Captain America from the the Kirby days. The well, the return of Kirby um, up to the Grunewald and up to the present. And after a while, it's just like there was nothing there. It was like Captain America. Okay, I'll you know I I kept buying it out of I don't want to say loyalty to the character, but just out of habit. And Brubaker just wowed me. And again, I, I didn't buy Brubaker's series from the beginning. I, I got it in hardcover because I was reluctant to take a chance on Captain America again. <laughs> and he proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, the whole Winter Soldier thing. I'd, I'm almost kind of wondering, are they going to do like... Bucky's a scroll now, or <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not if Brubaker can help it. Yeah. No, it's a great book. Oh, Love that title. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think two two Marvel books that I couldn't do without would be Cap and Daredevil. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then you know, then the, the list gets a little longer with the Mighty Avengers and the New Avengers. And probably the initiative. I mean, I'm, I keep looking at my list, going, "Okay, well, what the hell can I can I get rid of?" And you know, it's a good time to be a comic fan. Both companies are putting out some stuff that I really don't want to do without. I mean, you got McDuffie coming on the JLA, so Justice League's not going to be taken off my list anytime soon. But I was even thinking of getting that Justice League. Mm-hmm. I read the Lightning Saga. What'd you think? You know, we're going to lose a lot of listeners, but I thought it was great. <laughs> I, I really did. Not only because of the fact that the Legion is in it, but I just think it was really well written. And unlike you, I didn't really have a problem with the art. I thought the art was very solid. Okay. Yeah, but that's not mean. Doesn't mean you're wrong. 
You know, I no, that's that, that that's fine. You know, a lot of people like a Jim Lee clone. But I, you know, I I I'm not a big Benes fan. I've never been, and uh, it wasn't as obvious to me that it was Benes on these issues. It was solid work. His his women were really sexy. His his men were very heroic looking. The backgrounds were tight. I, I don't. I, I just liked it. He just he has a problem drawing collared shirts with ties. Okay. <laughs> I'll 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 explain the comparison. I'll I'll post some pictures. It, really right. does. it bugs me. It bugs me when because I mean I wear I wear a shirt and tie to work and I can't stand seeing seeing somebody draw a guy wearing a shirt and tie and it looks like a V neck T shirt. You know, only only on bullpen bulletins would you be able to hear a comment like that. <laughs> oh God. Little peeves, man. My buddy. Ah, Christ. Uh, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, um, you recommended it to me. That's good stuff, and, and that's why I read I, it. I think I think Meltzer wrote it for us, for guys like us, for us like Tom Caters, for Matt Kramer, for for Derek Howard. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, guys that read. You know, this is this was our Justice League. This was our Legion of Superheroes from the seventies and the eighties. Yep. You know, Wildfire, Dawnstar. I well, these are great characters. Not not really Dawnstar, but. Yeah. What do you mean? That wasn't really Dawnstar. No, okay, fine, fine. Yeah. And then Sensor Girl later on in the eighties and everything like that. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I mean it was but it was we got to see them at least. But um but she was on the cover anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna sexy go with woman. It. The <laughs> sexy woman? Yeah, all his women are sexy. But I think I think Meltzer did a uh did a fun story. I mean, it wasn't much as far as, you know, they didn't go into heavy detail as to telling you who all the players were. And it would have been nice if we were filled in from issue to issue. I mean, they they just took it upon themselves to think that you were going to read Justice Society and Justice League. Right. I noticed, um, I noticed that early on. If you didn't glance at the Dan DiDio page, yeah. you would never know where to go. Right. But then later on in the series, like in the third part, they said, you know, make sure you read Justice Society, whatever. So, yeah, but and I, I, I knew it was a crossover, so I naturally read them. But I could see where someone wouldn't if they, you know, had no idea to read the, the bullpen page. It might, have been, <laughs> it might have been a little too early to, uh, yeah, it's cute. It might have been a little too early to pull off a, uh, a crossover like that. Because if anybody, I mean, it was, this is like the, the sixth issue of Justice League. And um, or I'm sorry, like the ninth, the eighth, the ninth, and tenth issues of, of Justice League, and like the fifth and sixth issues of Justice Society. So anybody who's new to these series that's been buying it because you know they got in early, they're already confused. It's not, and, and it's not even barely been a year in these series, and now everybody's already like, well, who? I don't know who this person is, and why is yeah. why is he here? And you know, what the hell's Vixen on the team for if she didn't do Jack except you know run with some horses? I mean, it, it's. <sighs> Yeah, it was it, but it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun for me to read, and there were just some uh, some scenes with with Benes that I just wasn't real keen on. And the end was nice. The end, I'm I'm glad who they went with, who they went with at the end. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'd have been real pissed if it was the other guy. Yeah. And uh, Vixen, speaking of her, she has a real funny line in uh, Sinestro Corps number one. But that's all. Uh-huh. That's all I'm gonna say. <sighs> so there you go. Little, a lot of bit Marvel and a little bit DC. 
I think we balanced it out. And and some Savage Dragon. Of course. <laughs> we always have Savage Dragon. This you, was fun. Speaking of Savage Dragon, did you see on the diamond list for this week that 133 is solicited to come out? No. 132 hasn't even come out yet. So that, that shows you right there how much you can trust Diamond's list. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> come on, guys, get on the ball. But they probably are going with what they have on file and just, you know, cut and pasting into that week that it's supposed to have come out. But it's not even close. He's getting uh, a bunch of issues penciled, so he's going to solicit them only when I think he has like three or four issues he's want, he wants to complete before he starts soliciting the book again. Because the book is really, really off schedule. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's very, very late. I mean, I'm, we're talking like ultimate slate, even even longer. Damn. Yeah. Well, he's the he's the man running the scene at Image. I'd rather him do that than do Savage Dragon because he's doing a great job. Okay. okay, let's call this one a day, night, whatever. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Thank y'all very much for having me. I hey, really appreciate it. Open invitation. Thanks for putting up with us, man. I mean, this, <laughs> this was a long time coming. We tried this, what, three times last week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's no problem. I really appreciate y'all having me. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Hey, you want to be a regular? I'm looking sure. for a co-host. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> I could never replace you, my love. Uh. And we must also thank Ryan King, who was having mic problems and is no longer with us on the podcast. Have you noticed Keep that? Keep you keep blaming me for his problems. There you go. <laughs> you, have, oh, nice. you, you have a kill switch. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'd also like to thank Derek Coward. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. you got to thank him. We love you, Derek. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy, and I respect his views. And anytime Derek wants to be on, he just says the word, and we'll pull him on. We love him. And if you, uh, if you really can't get enough of me, you can listen to me on his uh, countdown episode for 44. That's right. Tell them where they can get that comicbooknoise.com awesome and iTunes but, right. uh, and while you're there subscribe to Comic Book Noise anyway doesn't cost yes. you anything and it's worth it even if you have to put up with David for an episode and it's no, even, even without me it's still a great feed because you got guys like Mike Myers yep and Heath Holland another new formite um, I love that name film. Heath Holland yep alliterative <laughs> names are always more remembered than non-alliterative names it's proven. Okay. Peter Parker. Okay. Okay, let me finish. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, no, that was it. <laughs> well, thank you people for being here with us. Come back next week, we promise, where we'll talk more about uh, comic books. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Night, say, guys. Say bye, Mike. Night, guys. We'll see you. Bye-bye.